What is going on, everybody? This is the last podcast before our draft. We still don't even have a full head count yet. We know Eric is planning on being there. We know Christian is planning on being there. But they sometimes have sports to do with their kids. It is later in the day, so hopefully if they do, the sports is at 10 or 11 early and they're able to make it out here. We know every time we get together at 3, the draft does not officially start at 3. We get the food together. Everyone says, hey, what's up? Uh, we do the trophy ceremony. Although, I honestly, we might skip it this year. The only trophy that we have um, that we're giving out is the person that will be here is the regular season trophy that I won this year. So we don't really have to make a presentation about that. I'll just happily take it because I've been wanting it since we bought it at the end of season one. When we handed them out, I've been wanting that thing forever. So I will get it from Jacob when he brings it in. And that's about it. Austin got a couple other ones, and he won't be here. So disappointing, but that's the way it is. There's no Solomon this year after Jose is no longer in the league. I could give it to the runner-up. I don't know if he would want it if he would take it or if he would feel like it's an insult because he felt he should have got it to begin with. You know, I can, I can go back over it again. I know I'm not going to go down it too much. I, I know personally a couple people told me it upset them with the mere fact that, you know, here he almost quit the league. Uh, I didn't really talk him into it. I just gave him the option. I really wanted him to finish the season. I said, hey, if you want to leave, you know, I want you here. But if you want to leave, I'm okay with that. I don't want you in the league if you don't want to be here. I've always said that, too, to everybody. Um, but there's not a single person in this league I want to quit. I was disappointed when Jacob left, but I'm very happy that he said yes when I asked him to come back. But it just came down to, you know, Dino Dan. Jacob did really well. Remember, the Solomon is not the best. If it was the best, it would have went to myself or Jacob or Brian, you know, the three division winners. I believe Jacob was nominated. The three ones, that it, it, it was designed to go to someone who really, throughout the season, who might not be, you know, what's the, what's the example of the best GM? Uh, to me, it's everything, not just who had the best draft. Like we said that, Elijah one year had the best draft, barely did any free agent moves, and ended up winning everything other than the title. And he didn't get Solomon. I believe he finished second. But the whole point was that it's designed for someone who might have had a bad draft and rebound, uh, might have had a draft like John, who we mocked, you know, taking Gronk with his first pick and just some of the players he picked where it just didn't work out. And that's what made me think of the award to where it, it seems like this guy shouldn't be doing anything. You know, Dino Dan, the year that he was when we had a 10-team league and he made the playoffs and actually won a playoff game. And I've talked about this uh, several times. Um, but he went on to, to the Final Four. And he was the lowest scoring team. He was 10 out of 10. He averaged the lowest points per game. Dead last in scoring. Yet he did everything. that, that He was nominated that year uh, for the Solomon. And it was a perfect example of he didn't win it. Uh, but he, you did get my vote, Danny. Like I said, because I kind of created the word of based off that. Other people still view it. I mean, I can't tell you who to vote for. 
But it was that year I remember thinking, dude, that's a guy who the ship had a lot of holes in it and he patched it together with whatever he could find week to week to make it work. And last year I really thought Austin, I mean, you can't say, you can't say, oh man, Austin, you really pulled it together when you have Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Leonard Fournette, you know, the Connor for most of the year, Connor was up and down, but he still had to draft that he had some keepers from his core, but he still had to draft and he did well. He did make moves such as Tyler Higby, that I know I was a little late to try to jump on it. It was too late. Austin already had him. Great move. Got Darius Leonard in the draft. He had a solid draft. But there was moves made throughout the season that makes you think that that's why he got the award. Dino Dan finished second place in the voting for me because it was based off of what I thought. Dino Dan, had, if he had just won that last game, and yes, it does matter making the playoffs. You don't have to, but Jose went 4-2 in the toughest division, made some crazy trades where he has no draft picks this year, but he ended up getting Kelsey and Chubb, and he did a lot of positive moves. So I know maybe based on the fact that it seemed like he was on his way out or some people are like, you know what, they didn't want him to win it or whatever the case may be, they felt they should have won. It, I stand by what I felt because Jose had the toughest division, the best record in the toughest division, at least division record-wise. Didn't have the best record in the league. Needed to win at least three of his last four games and did. So that's why at the end I said, you know what, if Dino Dan had won that last game, I, th- I it would have went to you, Dino. But it's a regular season award, and... It just it, that's that was the deciding factor, so it came down to Austin. Jacob did really well also, but at the end, the the three that made moves that had me going wow was Jacob, or I'm sorry, Austin, Jose, and Dino Dan. And Dino Dan, if you want it, let me know. I mean, I got the award. It's just gonna sit here. You can take runner up because Jose's no longer in the league. You were right there with him. I mean, it was literally just a matter of scoring a few more points and you would have won it. So it's up to you. I don't mind. I'll, I'll uh, announce it. I'll hand you the trophy uh, when we have draft afternoon. And here's our Solomon Award. And you are you are the winner because the person who, just like Miss America, the runner-up will get it if Miss America gets hurt or dies or whatever the case may be. Uh, she loses it. Second place gets it. So there's no shame in that. You deserve it. So if you want it, it's yours. If you don't, that's fine. If you might, you might say, hey, you know what, I want it, I want it to win it straight up. And to me, you still did. The guy's gone and uh, on to better, bigger and better things for him. Uh, so anyways, I don't even know how I got into that. How did I get into that? Oh, we were talking about the awards. Yeah, that we're not going to draft exactly at three. So as I always drift off into different subjects as it's like a snowball effect, the point was that if Eric and Christian, I don't even know if they listen to the podcast. I know Eric has in the past. Uh, I know Christian's checked out a few of them, but they're both so busy with work. If they have free time, they can pop it in their ear and listen to it. That's usually when I listen to my football podcast, not mine specifically, but ESPN. I'll listen to one of theirs, and I'll do that anytime I'm outside doing meter work where I'm not with the customer. I can listen to it then. So if they have free time, they, I know they've listened to it in the past. And so if they're here in this one, you know, if you guys – if you guys think, you know, it's pushing it, remember, you can get here at 3.30. You'll still just be getting in time. We'll have the food ready, the 
we might skip the awards. Like I said, I'm not going to make a presentation for me just to win that. I could do it for Dino if he wants to for the Solomon Award. But Austin, depressingly, will not be here. Austin, I know you've listened to the podcast before. Or I'll just have to tell you. That's my cat again, Vader. I can give you your trophy and your belt. I don't want it here. I didn't win it. I don't earn it. So I don't want it sitting here. If you feel uh, you and your wife-to-be don't want it in your house, that's fine. It's pretty simple to take care of. All you got to do is find one spot like uh, Christian did or Matt did. Put it. I remember Brian's was the best when he had the Solomon. He put it on display right on a uh, cabinet on a shelf. And it's a great piece. You know, so if you want to do that, go for it. If not, you don't have to have it. I'll, I'll just keep it in storage here. But that's about it for that. Let's get on to the main reason we are talking today. We've covered the other two divisions. We are getting to Division A now. And when you actually break down the stats, this is a pretty tough division. I think this is one of the toughest divisions we've had last year based on the draft. I really was glad I was not in the division with Jacob, Austin, Elijah, and Jose. A lot of those teams were really good, and it showed. They had the most wins combined in the division, uh, in the entire league. All four teams made the playoffs. That's a first time ever, I believe. There's a possibility that can happen again this year. It shows you can beat up on each other. Now, Elijah did make playoffs at 6-7. and So you would have to have the other divisions beat each other up too where the division winners is a 6-7 and seven team and no one else in the division is, is higher than that. Similar like we had last year. Brian was, did have a winning record when he won his division. But it, everyone behind Brian was just below 500. Everyone in my division was just below 500. So you would need something similar to that. But let's start it off with Jacob. Oh, before I do, let's break down everything that is in this division. Other divisions we've mentioned, you know, you got everyone's got a few awards. They've made some playoff runs. This division, man, the hardware alone, and I've never even won a President's Trophy. They've got four President's Trophies winners in this, six UC championships, three regular season championships, three Solomon Award winners for best GM of the year, and last year, all three division winners are in this division. The league champ is in this division. The regular season champ is in this division. And the president's trophy winner is in this division. So this is, and remember, the fact that it's, if this is not keeper, you could say, oh man, that's, you know, it is great. If, if this is just redraft like we originally used to, you still know who the good GMs are. Brian is a good GM in a redraft, in a keeper, in a contract. And he showed it in baseball as well as he made the championship and was awesome last year in baseball. So you know who the good GMs are. So when you're in that a division with them, you know you're already going to have to step up and deal with uh, a very big challenger. So when you look at this now that we have the contracts, man, now it's real. You, you already know, okay, this guy's got a good core and he's got an incredible history of good drafts. So... Let's hit it up right here with the first team being Jacob. He is a former President's Trophy, won the regular season title, almost triple crown, but lost UC5. He was a finalist, did make the championship. He was that close to joining Christian as the only triple crown winners. So impressive resume. He won the division he was in last year, the hardest division in the league. There's another uh, 
bragging rights. So let's get up with Jacob. His quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, one of my favorite QBs. He's been top four and number four both full seasons he played. His rookie year, he got hurt. But even at his rookie year, I believe when he got hurt, he was number two or three in the league. And that was barely not even playing game one and being very ineffective against the Bengals in game two on uh, the Thursday night game. Could have been Monday night, one of those two. But, man, since then, he has been a freak. He can run. He's tough. Uh, He can put up points galore. The only question is, with DeAndre Hopkins gone, does it affect him? I think it affects him very minimal. I think he will have a slight – I don't want to say come down because Brandon Cooks is no way near what DeAndre Hopkins is. But you have Brandon Cooks. You have who else they got? They got him from the Cowboys. I, I believe I could be wrong. I thought Randall Cobb was there. You're bringing in other weapons that now you don't have one guy that's going to take maybe 160 targets. You have a guy who might take 80 and another guy who might take 100, whatever the case is. And you spread the ball. And Will Fuller, we know what he can do. Will Fuller actually has I hmm, now because there was games where he was healthy and he just wasn't a factor. Um, but for the first year and a half. Those two combined, their points per game average together was better than that with DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller, it was just 25, 35, 31, just dropping dimes, and not dimes, dropping points left and right. Then he would get hurt, or Deshaun Watson would get hurt, and they just, I think this is going to be the year. I'm not even going to say if this will be their year. This could be Will Fuller's breakout year because he's going to play the whole season, and he might be the man there. So I I still love Deshaun Watson as a top. If I was drafting quarterbacks, I would go Mahomes. I would go Lamar Jackson. Then it comes down to do you want the, the, the healthiness and veteranship of Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott. In fantasy, I, I would probably go maybe Dak Prescott. Just in the Prescott will disappear at times in big games, like against Philly, some of the road games. Uh, wasn't there one, was it against Buffalo? I can't remember what his fantasy points were that game. But there were there are games where he kind of vanishes. Deshaun Watson, even his worst game, I think could be 20 points. He doesn't do that too often. And so it would be between those two. I like Watson more. I would rather have him as my quarterback if I was a GM of a real team. But in fantasy, he's top four. So love his quarterback. Next up is running back, another one, Alvin Kamara. Everyone knows if you go look at the first four to five picks in a draft, when you do mock drafts or fantasy drafts, depending on who it is, like who's drafting, but on average, Alvin Kamara Kamara usually falls in at three or four. You got Christian McCaffrey, you got Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, then Kamara. Sometimes people will take Kamara above Zeke just because they feel like Zeke's mileage is building up. And he could be due for an injury. Uh, I don't know how true that is. There, you know, they get. And Kamara is also way better with PPR. Um, not better, not stat wise, but you know he's going to get a lot more catches, and he doesn't take as many handoffs, so he might be a uh, better chance to be less injury prone. Although I don't think Zeke's ever missed a game from injury, so that that would disprove that fact right there. Me personally, if I was drafting now, I would take Alvin Kamara over Zeke just because I'm, I'm one of those guys uh, that I don't know how much longer Zeke can go, how many more 300, yard, or 300 carries 
seasons can he go before he starts to feel it? Are the Cowboys going to rely more with drafting another receiver? Are they going to really be all in on the pass? Will that open it up for Zeke? There's so many questions, but I love Alvin Kamara. His three seasons, he was the number three running back, the number four running back, and the number nine running back. And that was last year after playing through injury and having Drew Brees gone for some games. But the funny thing is, in all his seasons, he's an RB1. He's a top 12 running back. So amazing. That's the kind of guy you want on your team. So you got him with Deshaun Watson. Very scary. Now, his other two running backs, David Montgomery, who just got hurt. Uh, They said it's a groin strain. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. That's way better than the first thing I read on it was he was carted off, and I thought, oh, no, something's torn. There goes an ACL. There goes the season. Does not sound like that. Hopefully he can be there at least for week one. The good news is Brian does have depth. or I'm sorry, not Brian. Jacob has Montgomery, and he has Singletary. Singletary got in a trade last season. Singletary last year was 32nd overall, but that was he missed three or four games for injury, and he was not the main guy. When he actually took over as the lead back, I believe he was a top 15 running back. So if you tell me he's going to be anywhere from 13 to 15 to 16, I'll take that. Singletary in that offense, even if he has to give up some carries to Zach Moss, hopefully Allen doesn't try to steal as many. Hold on. My cats are running down the hall acting crazy. So back to Singletary. Really good talent. You look at the highlights of him, you know the guy can – he's a smaller running back, but he's thick. He's got some meat on him. He's not, he, I don't think he's going to be one of those ones that – like Darren Sproles where he's just a specialty back, even though Sproles was awesome. Um, but Singletary in a, a good offense that needs running backs, he's solid. David Montgomery, when healthy, I think he'll have a much better – he was an RB2 last year. He finished exactly 24th. That's right at the RB2 bubble. So you take Alvin Kamara – with Montgomery and Singletary, uh, uh, RB1 with two RB2s who can both be. That's the thing with potential. Montgomery and Singletary are in both offenses that do like to run the ball or do screen passes. So Montgomery and Singletary can both be right there. If you told me they both finish in the top 16, I would not be shocked. So with that, with Kamara and Watson, incredible start for his offense before he's even drafted yet. And then he finishes it off with Hunter Henry. So you got Hunter Henry, who was, where do I have him? Oh, yeah, Hunter Henry, tight end one last year. He was number nine overall tight end. So I think he's right around tight end one. With the tight ends, I can't remember if they stop at seven or eight, and then they call them tight end twos. I'm not 100% on that lingo. But with Phillip Rivers gone, I don't know how this offense is going to go. I do know Tyrod Taylor is not going to just sling it to wide receivers. I think of a guy like Tyrod Taylor that is usually a poor man's Alex Smith. So he can get it to the receivers. He will spread the ball around, but he will also get his tight end involved. And with the news of Mike Williams getting hurt, I think that makes Hunter Henry's uh, stock go up even higher. So I do like him. Not scared. I would love to have Hunter Henry on my team. I forgot his last piece, his wide receiver, OBJ. He did make the trade, OBJ, for Devontae Adams. The only thing I can think of is Jacob either thought that, that OBJ, now he's 100% healthy, that offense should turn it around. OBJ is going to be the man there. So if the Browns do turn it around, if we see what we expect from Baker Mayfield, where he's showing the more maturity, the more dedication, the new coach, the new offense, 
if that is a fact, maybe even with Austin Hooper, maybe taking targets, but then also drawing more coverage, which would open single coverage for OBJ, that OBJ can have a better year than Devontae Adams, who doesn't really have a lot of help. And if they take him out of the game, that could hurt Rodgers, and it's easier to take Adams away than it is with OBJ with all their weapons. So that could be one way Jacob's thinking, or the other way could have been, because I remember there was a few people like, what? What kind of, Why did you make that trade? Based on stats the last few years, Adams, although Adams is injury prone, he I'm not injury prone, but he did get hurt. So maybe he had a sour taste in his mouth, and he's I've done that where I'm just like, uh, don't want him. The guy's been hurt too many times. You know, in my fantasy league, I, in one of them, my work league, I traded Aaron, Aaron Judge. I, he got hurt, and then he got hurt again this year. I traded him before this season, but it's just some guys you just get done with the injury bug, man. You can't rely on him. I don't think that's the case here. The only other option I think is because he had him on a two-year contract, I think Jacobs, let's see, he had, I want to think he was maybe eight or nine contracts. By trading him, that opens it up to where it freed a year because both are going to be free agents, but OBJ only had one year, and he inherits just one year. While Adams, until the end of the season, had two on the book books. So now he actually freed up here. So that gives him a flex to make a trade as well. So he could have done it that too for a contract reason. We never specifically said. He just made the trade offer. I took it. I love it. So that is Jacob's team. I got to speed this up. It's already at 20 minutes. And like I said, there's a lot of talent in this division. Next up is Brian. Brian has been to two UC championships. Runner up both times. We've talked about his record eight straight seasons in the playoffs. And it's not eight straight. Like like I said, anyone can break that. No one's going to break unless Mario makes a run now uh, for the next eight years. But to start the, the longest streak to start a career as well. And he is at the longest active streak right now. I think there's a couple people uh, with four. I think two people are at four. And... Brian is still at eight. So he's the longest active streak and the longest streak to start. He's got two president's trophies, one of only two people in the entire 12-man league uh, for the last nine years. Only two people, him and Christian, have had two president's trophies. And he's got a regular season title. So very impressive hardware, very impressive. Brian is always up there for GM of the year. He does have a Solomon Award as well. Been nominated that for a few times. Let's get to his players. He's only got a couple kept. Ezekiel Elliott has been the number three back in the league. The last he's been one, two, or three every year in his career. Even the year where he uh, played ten games, he was number twelve. So he finished number two, number three, number five, and then number twelve. And in that season, where he only played ten games, twelve is still an RB one. So his whole career, even with ten games, he's been an RB one. That shows how amazing Zeke is. Uh, best O line in football. Now he's one of the best. There's a couple teams that are rivaling him, the Cowboys. You got to love Zeke. And what was really great was his first season was amazing, and he didn't catch as much. Then that second season and, and on, man, the guy, he can catch a 90-yard screen pass now. So, which I've always thought, get him in the open. He is so hard to tackle because he's, he's very powerful. He's incredibly fast. So I love when the Cowboys get him involved in the screen pass. So excellent running back. So he's already got... Brian looking at the, his – Brian's got two – that's another thing about Brian. He's got two uh, first-round picks. So he's got two first-round picks, probably the second or third overall pick in a draft now with Zeke. 
And now he also has his wide receiver who would, if on most average draft, is gone by player five or six. So you give him basically a number two or three player, the number five or six player, and two for other first round picks. He can make such an awesome core right there. Now, his other one, Zeke will be a free, free agent into this year. Michael Thomas is his receiver. We all know about Michael Thomas. I'll go over him in a second. He will be a free agent at the end of this year. So I don't know what how Brian's viewing this, but if I'm Brian, I'm thinking this is it. I I got to win the title. I know you. a lot of times you say I got to get to the title or bust. That's good if you've never been there. If you've not been to the final or if you haven't sniffed it in, you know, like Matt, Matt hasn't sniffed, sniffed it in five years. He hasn't even made the playoffs for the last five seasons, Matt, since he won. Uh, or no, I think I think he won it five years ago. So four straight years. Nick, he won it five years ago, uh, and Nick hasn't made. So Nick and Matt, four and five years in a row, they haven't. So they, I think for them, if you said, "Hey, Nick, Matt, right now, I promise you, will make the finals, and you know maybe win a president's or maybe win a regular season again," where you just never, because to me, it's I enjoy winning the other awards. I, everyone's not the same, you know. I remember when Jacob lost that one year, he was furious. He was like, "I don't care." I was like, "Dude, you won this, you won that, dude. You had such a fun year." And he's like, "No, I want to win it all." I know Eric's like that. Eric's like, "No, it's win or bust." You know, it. You can enjoy the journey, but it's win or bust. So I get that. If I had, if I honestly, if I had not won at this point, I would be like that too. I would be upset. You could be upset that you lost, but I've always felt. Enjoy the journey, you know, enjoy the, the, the trip there. If you get the regular season title, to me, even at, like last year, I didn't win. I got the regular season title. I was out in the second round of the playoffs. I didn't look at that like a failure. I had a great year. I went 8-0, you know, at one point and, and almost caught up Danny's uh, all-time record until Austin beat me. So, I, you know, you take, the, take what you can enjoy. To, if you tell me, hey, you're going to go two months without a loss – Sign me up. If you told me, hey, you're going to go 10 and 3 and win the – I'd definitely take that because I've never had 10 wins in a season. But even when you get nine wins, if you get eight wins, like if Austin had lost in the final last year to Elijah, I would think Austin would say, hey, you know what? I got the President's Trophy, um, eight and five. Uh, I, I, You had an exciting season. So you can – yeah, I would still say I would be incredibly angry when you make it that far because when you're at that last game, you're thinking, dude, just show up. Please, guys, no injuries and just show up. Even if you lose, it's going to hurt either way. But if you lose 210 to 204 like Eric did, that loss is going to hurt and sting. But you know your guys did all they could, you know, and you just ran into a, uh, another guy who his team did all they could. That's easier than when you go, hey, man, I just like Elijah last year, like 100 – Two, he had one week 200, another week 190 or 170. Then in the championship game, he scored like 120. That's when you're like, really, dude? You're really going to tank now, you know, fall apart now? So I'm wondering if Brian's thinking that. He might not be. Brian might be like, you know what? I don't care. I'll lose them. I'll have draft picks. I'll set it up again, start it up. Every other year I didn't have them, you know, uh, before the contracts, and I always draft. They'll all be free agents, so Brian has a shot at getting them again. But the whole point is that, Looking at Brian's team now, if I was Brian, I'd be going, I got two first-round picks. I got Zeke and Thomas. I got to make those picks count. You know, barring injury, take injuries out of the equation, he can't have a bad pick because um, he really has a tough division and he's got to make it count. So Michael Thomas, best wide receiver in football. He's in the best offense for that. 
When I hear that, people say, oh, Michael Thomas, he's the best receiver in football. I, I don't know if he's the best. Like, if Antonio Brown was playing, you know, and if, if you put them all on no, no offenses, if you were drafting, you wouldn't draft Tyreek Hill. You wouldn't draft Antonio Brown. Uh, you wouldn't draft, jeez, who else? What's other great receivers? Amari Cooper. You wouldn't draft Adam Thielen. I mean, there's there's a lot of good receivers, and sometimes it is about offenses. I know Devontae Parker, not even close to Michael Thomas, but what if they did switch roles? You know, Parker would, was always king of letdowns because he had a crappy offense as well, and he did get injured a lot. Last year, he stayed injury-free, and he showed the talent he has. He had a really good season with a very bad team. If Parker is in that Saints offense, I don't think he would do as much as Michael Thomas. Maybe he would. You know, put Michael Thomas in Miami. What, what would he have done? So I don't like to say best receiver, but Michael Thomas is in the best offense, and he is the best fantasy receiver based on where he's at easily. Uh, only wide receiver in the league, I think, to be over 400 points. Or he was one of only two non-quarterbacks. You had Christian McCaffrey and you had Michael Thomas, both non-quarterbacks over 400 points last year. CMC, Christian McCaffrey's the other, and they're both in this division. That's how much offense is in this division. And then you got, oh man, we'll get to those other ones. Uh, his other receiver, Tyler Lockett. He was number 13 overall, so he's wide receiver two. That was the best in his career last season. You give me Zeke, you give me two first-round picks, you give me Michael Thomas, you can have Tyler Lockett as your flex. You can put him as your wide receiver too. He might draft another receiver and another running back. So Tyler Lockett is an excellent flex because Tyler Lockett is a great receiver to have as your number two receiver already. You put him as your flex, that just shows the depth your team has. So I like him. I like Hot Lockett. He's got what – what do we say about all these receivers we talk about on these podcasts? You've got to have the quarterbacks to get them the ball, and Russell Wilson is up there with one of the best. So really like Lockett. His next player, I believe his last one, is the tight end Darren Waller. He received Waller with Zeke in a trade last season. Waller had his breakout year last year. There was whispers that he was going to be uh, a really big target for Derek Carr in preseason, and it turned out to be true. He finished uh, – Points per game, tight end three. Easily the best weapon for the Vegas Raiders last year. We'll see if he is this year now with the addition of Ruggs, with the um, Josh Jacobs supposed to be getting more receptions. Um, they also got Edwards, another another rookie receiver. So we'll see. I still think Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, he was, the. if you looked at the last two games, you saw him. He had 200-yard games. He was very good the last few games. So you got Renfro underneath. You got Waller who can be underneath, or Waller can go deep. Then you stretch the field with Ruggs. You got uh, Edwards, the, the wide receiver rookie as well. So there's a lot of new weapons in Oakland. I don't think that's going to hurt Waller. I still think he's going to finish tight end within the top five of the tight ends. Uh, he's easily, like I said, still right now, I think their best weapon for the safest catch. You need a first down, and Carr is the captain of the, you know, 10 yards or less. Um, look for him to get to him. That was, like I said, his breakout year. So combine him with Zeke, Michael Thomas, and Waller, he had three top three positions. The number one wide receiver, the number three running back, and the number three tight end. So 
that with those two picks, and then he's got you know he's got second round picks. This will be exciting to see what team Brian can build. This is all pre-draft. I want to see post-draft what he does with this team because Brian is uh, one of the like I said, say it every year, the smartest, if not one of the smartest. I would put my money on him for being the smartest when it comes to fantasy football in our league. Not and this is not pros where they say, oh, you got to have a championship. I hate that. You don't have to have a championship. The one sport I think you should, but you still don't have to, to to be a best. Like I don't, you can't fault Charles Barkley for not winning a title. I grew up in his era, uh, not in the early '80s, but in the '90s when he was left Philly. He did pretty well with them, but in Philly he had to deal with the Celtics. He had to deal with the Pistons. He had to deal with the Bulls. So he gets out of there. He goes to Phoenix and in the West, and he got them to the finals. And he had to deal with Jordan. There's so many eras where there's this always this elite team, especially back then. Nowadays, not as much, it seems, with all the free agents moving around. But it seems like with basketball, that would be the one because there's just five guys. You have an easier chance to control the game. We've seen it with other superstars. But Barkley did get the final. Carl Malone, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, all those guys would have rings if it weren't for Jordan. When Jordan left, that Olajuwon was able to get his. I don't know if Akeem would have got him. He might have. Uh, we don't know if, if Jordan would have got there both times and had won it, but still. Um, so in a different era, he's already got those titles. So it, it, that's what we were talking about that in our group text. You know, if Kobe and Shaq had not formed for a few years or come a few years later or before, Chris Webber and the Kings would have had at least one, if not two titles. So you can't look at a, a guy, especially when it comes to football. I don't like when they say Dan Marino. If I'm, I get into debates all the time with people, uh, at work or even customers when I go in their homes, if we ever talk football, I would, if I had to draft all the quarterbacks I've seen in my life, I don't, I don't know Otto Graham. I know all the stats of the old guys. Uh, you look at Johnny Unitas, they, they were great leaders and they were great at winning for their situations. So I believe if they grew up in this era, they could still with their grit and their leadership still put up numbers. But I just don't, I don't compare them to nowadays. So if you told me right now, Name a quarterback I would take. My number one would be John Elway. Look up his numbers. Elway, the guy can throw a 70-yard. I've seen him throw a like 60-yard bomb in overtime. I thought it was against the Redskins to beat the Redskins on a 60-yard touchdown bullet. It's amazing. Uh, I saw him and Joe Montana go back and forth, Broncos, KC, on a Monday night game where Denver down, Elway drives down there all the way with like a, a two minutes to go, and then there's like 50 seconds left. Joe Montana drives the Chiefs always down, and they win. Two of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Um, but Elway could do so much with so little. He reminded me of like LeBron when he took the Cavs to the final, and then they got swept by the Spurs. He took that Bronco team over the Browns and lost to the – oh, my gosh, my cat just scared me. Um, took them and lost to a, a – a Giants team that was close at half. I think it was 6-3, and then the Giants turned it on. That Bronco team, if you look at the rest of the roster, really didn't have any business being in the Super Bowl. You know, they, the AFC was not very strong. Uh, the Browns, I think, would have put up a better matchup, but Elway was just that good. And he, I was so glad he finally got one. I didn't care if he got two, but I was happy that he got one so that he wouldn't hear the same crap Marino heard. Um, but And then number two was Dan Marino. I watched Marino make comeback after comeback, lead his team. No running back. He never had a great defense, and he never had a running back. You can't put that on him. You can't say, oh, well, hey, uh, Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. He's not the greatest ever. Well, Steve Young got one Super Bowl, and yet people will put him ahead of him. Well, let's look at that Steve Young team. 
if they didn't get Deion Sanders, they're not winning. If they don't have Jerry Rice and and I don't think they had who else? Did they Anyways, they they had Dana Stubblefield. I thought they signed Ken Norton Jr. If they signed him and then he went back to the Cowboys or he was with the Cowboys and then they had a, a bunch of free agents that they brought in. And I don't want to say they bought it because the, the, the main core of the Niners was there, but they still they they Dion was a hired gun. Uh, like I said, they got another. Uh, I I want to say Norton. I thought they brought in another DB. Um, I mean, they had they had talent there, but they are not winning that because the very next year Dion was in Dallas and the Niners did not win. It was Steve Young's only Super Bowl. If Dan Marino was on that roster, or if you had surrounded Dan Marino with Dion Sanders and and bring in another top linebacker of that era, you know, whoever you want to call, um, who's someone big. See, the problem is I knew, no. Anyways, my point is that I don't think you have to win to be the champ, to, to prove you are elite. And all this comes from me, once again, going off, talking about, it's 36 minutes, I better speed this up. It's Brian. Brian doesn't have to win to prove he's one of the best of all time. I have to get back to our Hall of Fame. Our league has a Hall of Fame, but... Um, right now it's just Matt and Christian are in it. Uh, I know I voted. I asked for people to vote a few years back. I decided to go every two years. We'll put it, we'll put it and see if we want to put any new people in. Um, I guess I'm in everyone that voted me in. So, but I haven't really made anything. I'll wait till in it, maybe at the end of this season. But Brian always gets my vote because like I said, what else does he have to prove? He's almost at 50 wins. You don't have to get to 50 wins, but for his career, he's almost at 50 wins in a very short span. I think he's the quickest to reach it. Uh, Christian could be close, but Christian kind of feasted on a six-team league and a 10-team league the first few years where he was just dominant. Um, but you can't hold that against him. But, yeah, Brian, you get my vote as Hall of Fame, whether you ever win or not. But I really hope I hope this comes together for you, Brian. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to draft the best I can. I'm going to make the moves I can. And I'm going to do everything I can to try to stop you because that's what fair competition is. But honestly, I want you to know I'm pulling for you. I hope Brian does do it. Uh, I'd really like to see him win the title as he has deserved it. He's come close, lost two times. So that is Brian's team. Scary and only going to get better. Let me get to my team next. I got to speed this up. Last year, first ever regular season title. I wanted it so bad. The only thing left I need to accomplish, and I hope I do it this year, is the President's Trophy, and then I can retire. Of course, I won't retire, but I can go and never have to win anything again, and I won't stress. I can go own five straight years like Matt not, or Nick and not make the playoffs, and my competitiveness will want at least make the playoffs. I'll feel like, come on, dude, I should be doing better than this. But if I don't, I, don't, I feel like that's it. I got everything I wanted. I really was so happy to get that first regular season title. Uh, last season. So everything else we already know. I got some other awards. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to go into it. Talk about myself. Quarter Quarterback. Start with my quarterback. My league MVP. I, I love the fact that he's going to have regression. Lamar Jackson, he's not going to be able to do it. Could he run? Yes. But I, I don't think teams will figure him out. I think they're going to get more running backs involved because you want to preserve Lamar Jackson and may not put so much on him. Uh, so I don't think he's, he's not going to be at 500 points. He was almost 500 points last year, but I don't think he's going to get to that point. But he should still finish in the top five, I'm guessing. Uh, he's, I got him for the next two years under contract. And to be honest, until probably about three weeks left, I was actually going to keep Kyler Murray 
And then I finally just said, you know what? I love Kyler Murray. I got my cat named after him, just like I got Barkley. Um, but I was just like, uh, I also love watching Lamar Jackson. I, I enjoyed watching Lamar Jackson more because he didn't make Kyler Murray at times, his, some of his games, he either it was not a factor or he would just disappear where I'd be like, man, I just watched three quarters of you not really making smart plays and then you were beautiful and brilliant in the fourth quarter and saved your fantasy day and you saved your team's day. And so I don't know what to expect. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to break out and have an incredible year after he got rookie of the year. But why take a chance? And I kept Lamar Jackson, who already did have a breakout in MVP season. So got Lamar Jackson as my quarterback. Running backs, I got Saquon Barkley for at least two more years after this one. He's He's been an RB1 his first two seasons. Now, season one, I think he finished one overall. And CMC was number two. Last year, CMC was one. Barkley dropped down. I think he was like seventh, eighth because of his injury. He did miss uh, three or four games. But still, my favorite player to watch, If I'm if, besides watching a Rams game, but if you said any game besides the Rams, and I'm going to turn it on, I'm saying let me watch the Giants. I want to watch Barkley play. I love watching him. So Barkley, I got a top running back. Miles Sanders, I don't know what to expect with Sanders. Miles Sanders... Last year, he gets only like 10 points against the Giants and then gets 40 against the Redskins. He's up and down, and I don't know. I got him. I kept him. I'm going to use him as a starter, but my guess is he finishes as RB2. He could finish up 10. He could finish at the 10th. could finish 14th. Um, I'll take it either way. It's a mystery because the Eagles and their coach don't do lead running backs. He is always committing. Now, Jordan Howard's gone, but they do have uh, – who's the other one behind him? Scott? I think it's – um, Boston Scott, he's a pretty solid running back. So when you get him, uh, you could see Sanders come in for three downs and then Scott can come in. You're, you might see a rotation. So I don't expect Sanders to be like Barkley, be like Zeke, be like um, Alvin Kamara. But, you know, Sanders, he had some pretty big games the second half of the year when Jordan Howard was not around. So he could do that. We'll see if he does. I'm glad to have him. Uh Austin Eckler, my other running back. Now, even when Gordon came back, right? Eckler started out really well three of the first four games. But even when Gordon came back, at the end of the season, he was still an RB1. He finished top 10. So for over 70% of the season, he still had to share. And he would. the problem with him is he might have like a 9-point to 12-point game. And then the next week have a 35-point game. I mean, he, so Eckler's up and down. I love him. He's an RB1 on paper. So you got Sanders who could be RB2, possible RB1. Eckler, who's now is the lead back. The only problem, I don't think he's going to get more carries. I think he's going to get 10 to 12 carries. It's going to be the receptions. They're so, they've got three solid running backs in LA with the Chargers, and I, I expect to see Eckler still be a possible top 10, but he, I don't think he's going to be, oh gosh, now that Gordon's gone, you're going to shove Eckler in there, and he's going to be the next Christian McCaffrey. Definitely not. Definitely do not see that happening. So if I did, I would have kept him more than one year. So I got Eckler, Sanders, and Barkley. Pretty solid running backs. I will take those three along with my quarterback. And finally, my wide receivers. This is something I think my receivers, minus Barkley, are probably the best part of my team. I only have two. But with my running backs, it gives me three top 15 running backs possibly. That's really good. I will take that. But I love my receivers, both just one year. Uh, so this is a hope, hope I can 
try to get that President's Trophy this year. If not, back to the drawing board. But Chris Godwin, who finished wide receiver number two. Here you go. Get your food, silly. Wide receiver number two. And that was a breakout. I didn't see that. Um, he was my first pick. I didn't have a first-round pick. I had the first pick in the second round. So I picked him number 13th overall, Godwin. I had been reading and hearing he was. this was going to be his breakout year. But you expected maybe a top 15, you know, anywhere from 8 to 15. But to finish number two, and he had some monster games. He never had a game where he just disappeared completely. Like Mike Evans, where Evans had a 0 and then Evans had a 5. Godwin's bad game might be an 11 you know, or a 16. And then he would go out the next week and have 38 or a 43 or whatever the case may be. So Godwin and Devontae Adams. Adams, like I said, he is the Packers' best receiver. Uh, but if you look at him, what Adams, he's the only, he was only a wide receiver once, two times. You know, it's not like he's he's got like six, I want to say six seasons. So he's got a body of work and he's only finished uh Wide receiver won two times out of all those years. And one of them was like maybe 10 or 11, so he was right on the border. And then another season, I think he was top five. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I They're both receivers. I really expect more with Godwin. Now, Godwin falls in the same category. I got to be fair, like I said with Mike Evans and Matt's team, is I don't think Godwin is much as a boom bust like I think Evans can be. But I do think Godwin is not going to have a 50 or 45-point game like he had last year. I'm thinking he might have... A 17 point. If he gets 22, I'm excited. I'll, I'll take it. He comes back the next week with 15. I'll take it. The the Bucks have a lot more weapons, and unlike Devonte Adams and the Packers, where Adams might get Adams can go off for 39 points, and then the next week maybe he'll get 12 or 13 because he's going to draw a lot of double teams because they have less weapons. He'll get more targets, but I think on average. Um, you might see more consistency with Godwin in that offense as opposed to Devontae Adams. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I was dealing with my cat. So that is my team. Whew. That's a lot of, like I said, you got Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and now Patrick Mahomes and Austin's team. So you have three of the top five quarterbacks in the league. And Brian doesn't have any. That could be one reason Brian's... You know, asking about changing the quarterback scoring. I don't know what I can really change, Brian, if you're listening to podcasts. Um, there's only one bonus for quarterbacks. If they f- throw for 300 yards, they get five points. For 400 yards, they get 10 points. Lamar Jackson, he's not going to throw for 400 yards very often. He might rush for it. Uh, you're, I'm not going to pull away the five-point bonus or 10-point bonus for rushing because that would only lef- affect Lamar Jackson. Uh, but then it would affect all our running backs. So if you have a running qu- quarterback – that's kind of an advantage because you're taking a bonus from the running backs. So if you get – now, Lamar Jackson did it a lot last year. I, I, I want to say six to eight times, but that's still the other half of the year he didn't do it. So I don't know what kind of bonus I can take away. Uh, and make if you make the, the pass receiving yards count less, well, then that won't hurt Lamar Jackson. That will hurt you'll, – you'll be hurting quarterbacks that rely more on the pass. If you say, hey, instead of – one point every 20 yards, it's one point every 30 yards. That's going to hurt Aaron Rodgers. That's going to hurt Tom Brady. That's going to hurt Big Ben. You know, it's going to hurt the, the natural passing quarterbacks. They're going to, if you take the bonus away, that'll suck for everybody. Um, and if you take the lower the point sum, I get what you're saying. You're, you're, you're wanting to, to restrict the quarterbacks. And, but if, 
I, I think that if you lower it, what's really to me it comes down to what's the difference? So instead of scoring 220, now I'll score 180. But then if you don't have as good as quarterbacks, it's not like it's gonna you're you're gonna now score 140. You know I understand what you're saying, but we're all playing with the same thing. If you say, well, let's take away the bonuses or lower the points. All that does is help the crappier quarterbacks. So if I pass for 350 and you pass for 280, it's only going to be a three or four point difference. So it's almost like, um, are we doing socialism for quarterbacks? Because I, I, that's all. I, I, I don't know. That's what it remind. That's what it, when I hear it, that's what it sounds like. And it's it's unfair to punish people who have guys like Russell Wilson, who have guys like Deshaun Watson. You know, uh, to say, hey, you know what? You had that really good quarterback, and now you kept him. But you know what? Now we're going to take away the bonuses, and we're going to take away how much the points are, because um, not everyone kept a quarterback. But we all could have. We talked about the superflex. We talked about these. Um, maybe you didn't want to keep your quarterback. I don't know. Now we. The only benefit was we did change a rule where you could only keep one. That made it fair. I mean, to me, that's fair. You can't. You can't keep two quarterbacks and say, oh well, now we're going to run a superflex. Everyone who's got two good ones. You know, like Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, you can't keep both. You're keeping one. So that makes it to where there's always going to be – a. not everyone kept a QB, so there's already uh, over a dozen really good quarterbacks still left. I know three that I'm taking if, if they're there in the first or second round and the guys I don't want are ta- – or the guys I want are taken, I'm grabbing a quarterback. So there's nothing wrong with that. You know, take don't look at it like, oh, I got to waste a pick on a quarterback. No, you want to because it's super flex. You want to go after it. So that's my only problem with lowering the points is that it, it'll make the below average quarterbacks stay on par. I mean, because you know what I'm saying? And the really good ones, it's going to lower their point total. So that's I, I could be wrong. That's just my thinking. I could be wrong. Um, everyone else in the league, let me know what you think. I've, I'm for keeping it as is. Uh, because there's a lot of good quarterbacks, and if you want them, and you 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 can get those same bonuses we all get, and you can get the same points we all get, go draft them. Uh, so, especially when you got a team like you, Brian, you already got a top receiver, a top running back, a top tight end. You can afford to, and two first round picks. You can afford to grab two QBs in the first round, and then still look great, come out great. So, I don't know. Anyways, back to Austin. We got the defending champ. Two of the last three years. Two UC titles. He's got his first President's Trophy last year. His quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, number one in the league, his rookie or his first year starting, uh, and oh, broke over 500 points. Last year, he was number seven. We do know that was because of injury. I still don't think he would have outdid Lamar Jackson with all the rushing he has. But still, he is a QB1 either way, even with the injury. And I was glad he did not stay out injured long. And he's looking to get back to the 500-point season. I think he will. If he stays healthy, I think he is going to be back in the 500 points. I think he's going to try to compete and win that MVP for fantasy and winning that, most importantly, the MVP for the league. So love his quarterback, Mahomes. Last year on the deal for him. So look who's going to be available next season, Mahomes. If Austin's not a contender, look to see if Mahomes gets traded at the trade deadline as well. It's hard to not think the defending champ with Mahomes, and uh, unless his draft is just crap or he suffers a major injury. Uh, knock on wood, hope not. His next guy, CMC, 400 points, followed that by a 500-point season. So you got McCaffrey two years ago was the number two running back, and then last year, 500 points. 
the first non-quarterback to ever break 500 points in our league. I don't even know if that's ever in all leagues, I'm guessing. Uh, and so he's got two guys who could potentially get 500 points. I think McCaffrey's going to come back a little. This new offense, I don't think they want to run a smaller guy into the ground and to dust you know, and wear him away. But I think they're going to, especially if they're in it in these games, they're going, even if they lose the game 20 to 23 or whatever the case may be, throughout the game they're going to use him. You know, if they ever get a blowout, you might see one way or another, winning or losing. They might pull him back a little. Um, but for the most part, last season didn't matter, man. The guy was everything and did everything for the, the Panthers. Easily the top pick in the draft. The fact that this is a super flex league now, and if we had a redraft with this, he's got, kind of like Brian, how Brian's got multiple first-round players. Mahomes would probably be in the top six. You know, you would get the three three to four running backs taken, and then you'd probably see Mahomes even before Michael Thomas. Maybe, but most part. And then you've got Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be the number one pick. So he's got two legit – oh, and then Austin has two first-round picks as well. So this division has got six first-round picks. Jacob one, me one, and Austin two, and Brian two. And not only that, Austin gets the fourth overall pick. So this guy wins the title from us, makes a deal with Christian. I don't know what Christian was thinking. I know Christian was thinking. Christian was on the verge. Had he got in the playoffs, he would have won that first round game and got to the Final Four. So it would have been worth it. But he just failed the last week to get in the playoffs. But he made a move where he traded his first round pick for Connor, even though he couldn't keep Connor. Um, But he needed another running back, and it was a bold move. Those are the kind of moves that get you into the championship or make a, a late-season run. He tried it. It didn't work out. I'm pretty sure Christian wish he could take it back now, obviously, not making the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, top four pick would have went to Christian. Austin gets it. So he's going to get another dangerous weapon with this team, and then he's got the 12th overall pick to end the draft. Um, I believe they changed. Uh, so Austin won't have a second-round pick, though. So that one is a benefit. Christian at least gets, and the same thing I, when I made a deal with Austin, when he won the title and I traded him Gurley, I got the his second-round pick, which happened to be the first one because he was the defending champ. So works out for Christian at least that. you know At least Christian will get his second-round pick and the first one in the second round. So still good for him there. But, man, looking good for Austin. And the last player he has, not a huge fan at this point in his career because of injury, T.Y. Hilton. When healthy, he's the Colts' top receiver. I know they got Pittman there now. Um, but at this stage, I think the ceiling for him is a wide receiver too. I think 13 to 24 is what you're looking at with T.Y. Hilton. Not saying he excuse me, he can't come out and have a 35-point game. Phillip Rivers, we've seen him with Keenan Allen, can throw it to one receiver all night if, it's, if the rhythm is in, their, in the groove and they're getting it going. So I'm not saying that, but... It, T.Y., he's going to have to show a lot to see him come out and all of a sudden be a wide receiver one for at least half the season or something. I don't know if that's happening. But don't love Hilton, but I'll take him. Austin's got two first-round picks, so if he fixes it with a receiver, you might see Hilton be in his flex. Who knows? Um, But he's got plenty to build off of with two top five picks and two another fourth overall pick. So we got looking at the teams right now. I would say pre-draft, and if you take out the draft picks, just that. If you based on just what you're looking at now, I would say my team and Jacob's team. We both have quarterbacks. 
we both have good running back depth. Jacob's got three. He's got Kamara, Montgomery, and Singletary. Three possible top 15 to 18 running backs. And he's got a, a solid tight end, something I don't have. And then he's got OBJ, who I think is going to bounce back and have a really good season. I have top quarterback, just like Watson. I got Barkley, Sanders. I got three running backs who could potentially be top 15 to 17 as well. So we're very similar. Um, I just have two receivers and uh, no tight end. While he's got the tight end and one receiver, I think... What is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think my two receivers give me uh, a slight edge with both of them being... I mean, my two receivers with Adams and Godwin, they're potentially right there with Christian as he's got... I would rather have Hill and Hopkins, but I'm right there behind him. At least stat-wise, um, they were pretty even last year with those guys. So, especially Godwin. He was actually ahead of both of them. So, based on what we have here, but we both only have one first-round pick. So, we can add to that whatever we want. Quarterback, another running back, could be receiver, whatever. We can really build our team. Within three picks, we already have our team built. Doesn't mean we're going to go grab a defense in the third round just so we can say, hey, our team's complete. But you know what I'm saying? Based on that, we look like we're both ready to compete. Brian, with the two first-round picks, it scares me. Mm, I can't pick a winner. Because you, you can't rule out the draft. with not with If ruling out the draft, you would say, okay, I would take Brian over Austin's because he's got T.Y. Hilton. I know he's got Mahomes, and I know he's got the best player in football with McCaffrey. But Brian's got Zeke, who's right behind McCaffrey. And he's got Thomas, who is the best receiver. Blows T.Y. Hilton out of the water. you know, And then he's got Waller. He's got a top three tight end. So looking at this division, I have no clue. I would say... This was one I'd have to wait till after the draft to decide who's going to win this. Not going to lie. Um, if I had to put money on it right now, I'm going to say Brian. But I'm not putting money on it because I'm not a gambling man. I just don't know what Brian's going to get. Last year he drafted extremely well. Jacob as well. I mean, who knows? All these are crapshoots. You know, we looked at it before with the other division where I thought, you know, Mario and Steve came out looking better based on what they have. Christian and Dino Dan look better in their division. Our division, everyone looks freaking good, you know, so it could be anyone. So I did go on a few other things. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully you listened to all of it. Uh, that means I'm doing a good job if you did. Um, the last one, like I said, it showed that I had eight listeners. So that's good. Anytime I get anything over four or five, I'm, I will keep doing them. I get excited. Our draft is this Saturday. Very excited for that. We'll have it inside, air-conditioned. I'll get the tables and chairs inside to set up. We can eat, have a nice, cool room. Don't worry about the outside and the heat. And we'll get it on, like Brian said, we'll get it on Google or Zoom or whatever it is. We don't, we're not going to do Facebook Live. I don't need the uh, rest of Facebook seeing what we're doing, and I don't really care. Um, I'd rather do it where we can directly talk to each other and we'll have to figure out something for Steve, how we do Steve's draft. Uh, maybe Steve can give us some players or who knows. All right. Well, you guys have a safe day. Uh, enjoy it. Be prepared. And I really hope to see Eric and I really hope to see Christian. Disappointed I can't see Nick, but I understand. And I look forward to seeing all the rest of you guys at the draft. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.